you like conversation on a variety of topics? Feel like no one wants to talk about the things that interest you? Tired of only hearing the same political, sports, or catastrophe talk? Yeah, we feel that way too. Join two high-functioning geeks as they discuss just about anything under the sun. We can't tell you what we'll be talking about each week because we don't know where our brains will take us. It will be an interesting conversation, though, so hang on and join us. Here comes the Relentless Geekery. Excel is... Okay, so I want to make sure I save that because I've been working on... Who are we doing to get our garage all done? Ooh, nice. Yeah, we got to tear ours down. That, and that's where we are too. You know, the reason that's prompting a new garage is because we unfortunately have um, our current garage collapsing and Lakewood sent us a nice message saying, uh, hey, you know, you you owner of an eyesore, the community demands that you fix this up. So it's uh, it's been long in coming. We knew that it already had a leak in the roof and, and the roof was partially in. And then, as you know, once you let anything like that go, it just accelerates, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And I worry about, once there's water in there, then I don't, I, it's kind of funny. I've lost track of what we had stored in there because anything that I regularly do yard work with, I've kept out on the porch. So it wasn't killing my mower or my edge or anything like that, but it was like an old bike of mine. I have no idea if that's not like, Hey, let's take a ride on tetanus because it's so rusted out, right? you know? So uh, we'll see. I'm uh, let me get rid of messages. Yeah. Well, you saw ours. It, it's been falling apart and slowly, steadily increasing. Um, our biggest problem is there's so much stuff in there. We don't know you know, what to do. We figure we need four or five large uh, containers yeah, yeah. To, to put the garbage in. And then we need to, the stuff we're going like, that's good that we can sell. We're going to try and, but it's just, overwhelming and there's so much and we went through a bunch of it last year and it's like my god it's like we didn't touch anything right so it's a big project like i said because we haven't been using it regularly there isn't we haven't used it for extended storage that's why storage lockers instead it's it's you know the the garage is hopefully what i want to do is get in there i have to kind of pick my way through the wreckage and make sure again (laughs) that i don't you know step on the nail or anything terrible but if there is anything salvageable, I want to get everything out of there that I might. And then when they show up to tear it down, say the demolition is not only of the garage, everything in there can go yeah. in the dumpster as well. If you yep. find anything that you want to salvage, we've already said goodbye. So um, I'm trying to make it as easy as possible. You know, part of getting that we have to get trees removed because the reason the garage hasn't completely, and this is kind of you know, geeky fun, I guess, hasn't completely fallen over because we have trees on each side of it, and they've been the <laughs> natural barrier that's held the walls up. That's well, hilarious. in order to put a two-car garage in instead of a one-car garage, because, I, and it's kind of funny, I, I, um, we live in Lakewood, we have a century home, we have a home that was built like in 1918, and the garage, I suspect, was never really a car garage, it was like a carriage house. Probably, you know yeah. I mean? and, and we never had an, an automatic garage door opener on there, because we didn't have electric out to it, so like I want to do in every aspect of my life, when you finally have to say goodbye to something, it's not just a matter of replacing it with what existed back in 1948. It's, well, let's go new. So it's all new materials. It's going to have electric to it. You know, we're putting a trench from the house out there. The uh, uh, future plan for the garage is let's put some solar panels on there. Let's get a nice battery and then have it that we're actually maybe putting power back into the grid. Let's get a perhaps car charger out there. Right now we have 
two hybrids, but the future is going to be all electric. And instead yeah. of having to worry about, so where are the car chargers around Lakewood? Oh, there's one at Kane's chicken, good figure licking. You know what I mean? I don't want <laughs> yeah. to be. Not that Saturday you have morning. to buy any chicken while it's charging. But yeah, that would exactly. Be nice. oh, they can't possibly be <laughs> the tie in. Whole Foods healthy. has a couple as well. But, and, and I guess the geek part of this is, you know, so we, we're working on getting the garage done and then we're thinking, well, if we get a car charger, you can get the regular charger that works off of outlet power, if you will. But if you want like a zippy fast charger, then you have to make sure you can get 220 instead of 110 going out there. And that requires the house being at that level and a line that can go out there and the conduit size and all that kind of stuff. And so when we went to look at our electric panel to see is the garage going to be compatible with that without going into it a ton as much as i'm a computer boy our electric is in our house is a combination of a circuit breaker panel for some of the newer parts of the house an old knob and tube and fuse panel and so i got i i understand how those things work well enough that it's never caused us any problems we have things separated enough that it isn't that you turn on your microwave and then if the <laughs> if the fridge kicks on boink goes the power and and luckily all the cool new devices, you know, every new appliance is all SEER rated, I guess that's for heating, but Energy Star rated efficient so that we've forestalled a problem with the electrical system because I have LED monitors instead of, you know, uh, older, um, <laughs> what, were they, what were they even called? Um, video monitors, you know what I mean? Yeah. And computers are more energy sipping efficient and so but when he saw the panel, of course, it was, well, you're going to have to get this upgraded so that we yeah. can do appropriate, no worries on the garage. You know, if you turn your garage door opener on and somehow when your coffee pot is Fridge on, that also out. kicks <laughs> off. And so then we had to, and it's kind of fun. I hope you don't mind. It's because it's actually the, the geek part is fun. As you go through these things, you think I'm going to get a guy who does the garage. I'm going to go to Angie's list and have him do it all. And I just like my best tool in this case is my checkbook. I'm going right. to make sure he takes care of everything. Early on, we discovered, well, they do the garage, but they don't do trees. So the fact that ours was not a freestanding in the <laughs> middle of a prairie garage, but we had to get trees. Then I had to bring arborists into the picture. And then they talk about, well, it's not only taking the trees out. You have to do stump grinding if the pad and the driveway that you're putting in have to go below the level of where we would grind it regularly down. Right. So then we had to find, okay, do you do that service? And how, what kind of access do you have to have? And it's kind of funny. You think you have room for everything, but sometimes measurements are very exact as to, we can only come this close to your fence or right. to the, any existing fixture or property. And Lakewood has rules as to when you put your new stuff in, that it has to be by code, a certain amount of distance right. from stuff. And same with the electric. So like they often talk about with home projects, you kind of don't want to start because you peel the layers of the onion away and you keep on finding, wow, I thought I was just going to like put in a new blender, but it turns out I have to upgrade the electrical system yep. for my gosh darn yeah. house. Yeah. And luckily the joy of the internet is that Angie's list and other services like it exist. So instead of just saying, Hey, some neighbor, have you had a good experience with the particular contractor? that's not going to do a third of the work and then disappear for months at a time or that you pay the money and then you don't get to service or whatever. I think I found good contractors for all these various different things, but then you find out that they are, they are indeed on a schedule. And now I'm the general contractor. I'm the one that has to coordinate between my garage and my arborist and my, and we discovered, I didn't know they really still did this. Like we have to get a property survey done. Um, Lakewood just instituted, of course, because we started working on this last year, but have to do it this year because we ran into weather. 
Now we have to get a property survey done. And that's not like, hey, here's 50 bucks. It's hundreds of dollars, like oh $900 to, I guess, make sure that no Indian tribe has a, a lien on our land or that we're, and I understand Julie and not wanting to hit, you know, appropriate power and water and all those lines. But, but. like I said, you think you're going to be like, we budgeted for a certain amount. And now as we're finding out that there's a little bit of a combinatorial explosion <laughs> going on, it's just, I don't want to, if we're going to have this garage forever, I don't want to do anything cut rate, but I also it's kind of weird to go to like arborists and they all say, Hmm, uh, they get they glance at it and they all seem to say it's going to be $1,800. It's like, wow, I, I didn't expect it to be that much, right. but are you guys in a cabal that that's right. the magic number, no matter what the job is, apparently it's $1,800. It's the right <laughs> pain point psychologically for it's not 2000. That would be too much. It's all the, you know, 1999 pricing that will make you buy something. Cause it's not 20 bucks. It's you still thinking in the ones, right? So <laughs> I well, know I'm ranting kind of here, but well, as I, much as I'm trying to be smart and defensive about it, it's just amazing how much you really have to do your research. And even in the conversation with these guys, I kind of have to know enough terms so that they think I know what I'm talking about that I don't feel I'm getting fleeced. Right. I don't mean right. to cut you off. I'm sorry. Steve. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I've got very similar. We've got an old house. We have the same type of wiring. Uh, and a couple of years ago, we wanted, heck, the walls are um, boards with plaster on them. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like 150 years old stuff. And we, we wanted to fix that up because some of it was drying up, flaking off and falling down. And, you know, we we're wow. having all sorts of problems. So yeah. we, we started destroying walls to put up drywood, dr drywall. And then we had to do electric since we had the walls down and it was the old two. And so it wasn't a matter of just checking. It's a matter of, well, everything has to go and get completely replaced, you know, and you saw our building, it's falling apart, but it's like, nobody wants to bring a, a bin out. It's like, where do you live? Like, oh, well, we don't have bins to come out there for you. To so what am I supposed to do? Take, you know, 50 years worth of all this big crap and stick it in the back of my little Kia. It, drive down load by load. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's it, a <laughs> and, and the thing is around here though, everybody's redneck. And I mean, you saw we're in the country. These folks are like, yeah, we could fix that. Give me some duct tape. You know, exactly. I, so you were talking I'll about wire that up. Yeah. They figured out how to get the electric to the building. They dug a trench, ran a um, extension cord under the ground. There you go. Oh now we have electric God. to the whole building. The building has like 20 power strips all plugged into each other and and stuff going yeah. everywhere it's like yeah okay so the minute i turn on a, a saw all the lights in the house go out <laughs> you See, know and that's again we're in that you know it, I, I was spoiled by so let me think about this when i went to school in champaign urbana i lived in a bunch of old houses as well we lived in mr rogers neighborhood we lived in the white house on main street and they were all older so i kind of got used to like as compared to growing up in the suburbs where everything was drywall and an outlet in every wall of every room and right. everything was easy, you had to kind of get used to, wow, this house has oil heat. We have to buy a tank of oil at, in the fall and hope that it lasts till spring or we got to refill it at twice the expense because then it just sits there for six months while it waits to get cold again. Right. So this is hearkening back to all those things that we did as kids and maybe a little bit like redneck kids like, well, yeah. You know, let's just run an extension cord so that we can have our, right. and, and so we have any number of um, UPSs or at least, you know, um, multi-plug outlets with a fuse that run 
our TV room or our bedroom or something like that. But if you have a bedroom that has two alarm clocks and two lamps and it, it quickly mounts up right. and you just kind of peek over by the bed and there's this octopus, this tentacled <laughs> thing. It's like, I, I don't think that's safe. Right. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't want it to be that if I spill a drink, I, I kill my house. Try, you know what try, I mean? <laughs> try and explain how electricity works to somebody who didn't get past the eighth grade. Okay. Uh, here, here. I'm not belittling, belittling my father, but he didn't get past the eighth grade. He, uh, you know, just had that redneck way of thinking. So it's like, huh, well, we don't have enough outlets in this room. We'll just plug some more power strips in. I'm like, that's not really it. You know, it's like, huh, I want to put more lights out for our stuff for Christmas, plug more outlet, you know, it, right. it's not an unlimited every you know, type. Thing. Exactly. Yeah, make funny, sure the smoke know, alarms work. <laughs> one of the one of the joys of coming into the house was, you know, it's kind of funny. I I had lived in Chicago, then went out to California to do my dot com things for a couple of years, and that's when Colleen and I were falling in love. So when I came to be with her in Cleveland, it was like, you know, my my needs were few. I'm going to need like a closet for my clothes, and I need a room where I can set up my computer rig. And just getting set up in uh, the first room that I was in was like these outlets aren't even grounded. Oh, you yeah. know, they didn't have three prong plugs. And so I, I did things to make sure that I wasn't going to zap my computer. I had a UPS that was going to be my power protector and line conditioner and that kind of stuff. But then, and, and uh, Colleen's son, Tim was living in the attic when he went off to uh, college to, to go learn how to do monster movie makeup, which was kind of cool. Oh, um, cool. I took over the attic. That's where Skynet is. And um, luckily it was the most modern part of the house in terms of that was the one that has a circuit breaker panel for the attic and for the uh, kitchen. And so up here, I could be much more aware of, I can have both my computers and my stereo plugged in. And as you know, printers are also a dirty power thing. So I've always had that on an extra line, but if you don't have extra lines, what do you do? And so I really kind of scoped out, you know, you make a little spreadsheet of what's the amperage of these various different things. <laughs> and you can't draw more than 15 or 30 or whatever you think your circuit breakers or fuses are. And and just doing the math kind of gives you a reassuring sense of thing. But honestly, usually nobody has to think about that. They couldn't right. care less what the amps and volts and like to them, it's just you plug it in and magic yep. happens and it works. And I like being that way. I don't want to think about that stuff, but I knew I was in this old house. <laughs> and and so. we, we had the plugs that weren't grounded because they were put in way okay. before that. Uh, yeah. My father fixed that easily. He just put uh, a thing in so it had the grounded thing but it wasn't connected so <laughs> it's, it's, I, I just <laughs> honestly i was spooked by we um lakewood and maybe the whole county of cuyahoga had an initiative because we had had the, a big power out like 10 years ago you know they had a big rolling blackout for a lot of the east coast and we were yeah, one of the areas right. affected and so they had a thing where we want to put um, a monitor in every house so that in case of that going on we can systemically handle it by not having anybody really go off the grid we just do selective rolling brownouts and everything that kind of stuff so they came into our house to install that and that's when they revealed you know that some of your house isn't grounded right like this goes to the pipe but this whole section doesn't and, and that's how you usually do it right you attach it to the right. water pipe that goes and it's like i didn't even think to check that i thought that they never put electric in a house without making sure that it was grounded even if they didn't wow. have grounded plugs wow 50 60 70 oh. wow more like 80 years ago now. No, they didn't. Oh, they <laughs> it didn't. wasn't even an issue. And, and honestly, thank, thank God that the guy noticed because I hadn't and I've been in the house already probably 10 years. And so I, I guess 
in the same way that now, you know, the, the panel that we're getting put in is all modern and has capacity. It's going to be like, you know, 150, maybe even 200 amps. I'm still deciding on what, not only what's going on with the garage, but just how I want the house to be. If uh, what I was told is it, um, you, we don't want to replace the knob and tube stuff that goes throughout the rest of the house. It's actually quite safe and stable. And if it's still working, it's not going to stop. So what you want to do is if you're going to add other outlets to various other walls, you kind of like run new things according to code, conduit, et cetera, et cetera. And they do the minimum amount of boring through your two by fours right. and going up through the floor and that kind of stuff. And so we think we found an electrician that, that knows how to do that. And there'll be phases of first get to where oh, we can good. do the garage, then do that kind of stuff. But I'm happy to get the house all modernized. And yet it's, I talked about doing this when I first moved into the house and that was 20 years ago. And, you know, there's always another project money talks as to what you have to get done when, you know, if I, if you have uh, health issues, like I have, you got to pay that up front, and that forestalls all those home improvement projects, me improvement projects. Right, <laughs> take right. So it's very satisfying to finally be getting it done, but it's also, thank God we haven't had a disaster. You know what I mean? It really is for all these things that, that I don't know, I don't think that we're, you don't want an electrical fire at all, right, first right. of all, but even just getting to where I zap a, a piece of computer equipment, my new Mac got zapped and there goes a thousand bucks. It's, I, I'm really, we're really lucky that we haven't had any disasters. And then, like I said, all those things of, well, by getting a new stove or a new fridge, we actually kind of forestalled that because those were all not big power draws. Right, They're actually right. very smart appliances. Right. So it's, well, it's exciting. <laughs> uh, you were talking about figuring out the amperage and things like that. And that made me uh, jump a little bit and thinking uh, some geek stuff. I've been working, as I mentioned a couple times with the Raspberry Pi, Raspberry Pi and yeah. doing some you know, circuits and various sensors and things like that. The Pi has headers that you can connect to and they have power, but they only give so much power and you know, it can only channel so much. So you really have to know the, how much each, thing you hook up to it is how much it'll draw and where it'll drop because it has different levels too so if something doesn't take quite as much power you can hook it to one post but, but if not it needs another. more it's another yeah right. so it helps right. keep things from burning out too so yeah. i i mean way back in my scout days i learned a little bit of electricity just enough to know the terms but there's no way i was like oh i couldn't figure this out i i had to sit down find the calculators find the yeah. information and you know relearn what you know what watts and amps are and how that works and uh figuring all that out to hook things up if i want to do a certain project so it's it's a good skill to have uh if not to keep your house running well but right to do fun geek projects <laughs> i agree and in fact what's interesting is you know there's multiple equations. It's not only like regular power, it's peak power and you need to worry about and, and what I've gotten really good at in defense, and maybe you've always done this like I have, you like label stuff. You know, when you first get your computer, you figure, well, I'll always know which of these is, you know, 10 base T, 100 base T, which are the ones that are USB 3 or 2 or 1 or whatever. And then after a while, it's like, well, did it go from right to left or left to right going higher or lower? Right. And after a while, you either attach to your cables and cords, what kinds of things they are. This is my best certified, you know, stereo cable, my USB 3 cable, that kind of stuff, because there's any number of times where you just figure, well, I'll, I'll take one out and put the other one in. And that's when you want to upgrade so that now I finally have a monitor that can run off of full HDMI at 6K instead of 4K. Right, right. And then you try it. It's like, well, why isn't it working? Oh, have I had that port 
wrong in my mind all this time. <laughs> right. And 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 if there, I wish there was, you know, like some way of a little gadget like they have for cars that you can plug in and it does diagnostics and they'll tell you all about it. There we go. The and relentless so geekery computer gadget. <laughs> exactly. I want to be able to plug it into each board and have it say, this is a USB, you know, two cable that can support, you know, 10 megabytes. Right. And and I, I kind of want to not fumble around and hope. I really like to kind of know. <laughs> oh, well, I just, it's well, no matter how much computers become like plug and play. I mean, good Lord, the world previous to plug and play really was every time that you did any kind of board upgrade or anything attached to a new port, it really might not work if you didn't have the right port, the right driver, well, that kind of stuff. Not as much and, of that now. Uh, right. I mean, they exactly. really have one port does one thing and it's completely different than everything else. In fact, Frankie just, he fried his computer, uh, had something plugged in and it touched Boy. the motherboard and everything went. So, um, so right. he got a new still one. Happen. Yeah. yeah. His, his hard drive is basically a USB flash drive, but it has memory essentially. So it remembers okay. when it doesn't get its power. And that's yeah. all it is. It's this big. That's a whole hard drive, you know, one terabyte. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. just a flash memory thing. Uh, and you were talking about looking all this stuff up, uh, remembering the the code for resistors and the little color code for how much resistance. Exactly. Yeah, what's the mnemonic? You know, my good mother, I'm trying to remember. There, there was a, there was a yeah. thing, you know, that maybe it's the planets in the solar system or whatever. I should be able to recite it, but I haven't done that for so long. Right. No. But you have to do it with when you have a, a breadboard. When was the last time you played with a breadboard? See, you know, and I've got yeah. one of those again, and I'm like, okay, how does this hook up? I forget, you know. Yeah. So, I it's fun. You know, part of being elder geeks is that we get to talk about. I mean, I remember installing memory where you actually had to change the little switches. Oh my that gosh! Were based the on jumpers, you know, the jumpers. So on the hard was, drives too. Whether it was on a the slave or a master, too. yeah, exactly. And and you know, uh, the Max I had SCSI you know, which I think was oh, never man. popular in the Windows world. And it's kind of funny. I always thought it should be pronounced sexy. You know, it's S-C-S-I. <laughs> Why they went with scuzzy instead of sexy is like, man, you missed such a ridiculous right? naming opportunity. <laughs> Give me Having my sexy that, port. <laughs> you had like ports zero through seven and you had to make sure that they didn't collide. And so you then you had, you had, I mean, of course I know binary, but just looking at it, you had to always remember, okay, let's see, you know, zero one zero zero one is <laughs> one two four you know what i mean you had right. to like and, do a little calculation <laughs> and that was if you weren't doing striping or something like that so you had to have like your that. three together and all that jazz yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so it, it i i so the last time that i used a ton of hard drives big data and really had to have like every scuzzy port filled i think i mentioned i worked on gambit i worked on a, a genetic algorithm based trading system and i really had like i had bought a very specific um cd drive i think it was before dvds where it was like a six six um player that you could access every one of those discs um if not simultaneously you didn't have to shuffle discs in and out it was a little player if you will well the scuzzy configuration for that was interesting because it had to be at the end of the line where it was not you couldn't you know, so uh, right. all of that just getting my computer set up to where i could actually have access to a ton of data at a time because it wasn't just go to the internet it really was you had to have it was um painstaking and then when it was like am i going to upgrade any of these hard drives not if i have to change anything about my setup you know what i mean <laughs> i just i spent the day doing that i can't it 
it's funny how momentum then kind of kicks in when you've had a big pain point of getting something set yeah, up. Yeah. I'm not going to change any one of these things. If I change, I'm getting a whole new system. Yeah. Maybe I don't know if that happens for you. I tend to oh, be a tinkerer and I accept the pain because hey, I'll learn something. And yet there really have been times when I'm just not doing but, this again. <laughs> but the thing is with the setup nowadays, you don't even have to do any of that. Seriously. You Absolutely. plug as many hard drives as you want, even the external ones. It's a, a slot and you plug it into the usb or they have a few other ports if you've got them newer ones that i don't have and that's right you know, and, and so you're surprised simple. when say, this is it's kind of funny mentioning it for the show so i have a little multi-port i think an eight port usb guy that i have a whole bunch of things plugged into the um microphone that i regularly have used in the past before going to our camera now it was a USB device, and so I plug it into that. And what I discovered was if I plugged it into a port in the middle, it would actually interfere with access to the hard drives that I had further down the line that it would say, hey, you shouldn't have ejected this. You should have uh, saved right. it before ejecting this. This is like, what are you talking about? I thought you guys were all not only plug and play, but hot where you can easily plug and play things and not have to like power down, put it in, and then have it do Supposed the handshaking at the startup. <laughs> and apparently this particular microphone with this particular little dongle that let it be a usb voice capture etc it does not play by those rules huh. and so i i don't think that that was ever part of why i'm not getting you know appropriate volume and stuff like that but then you just you, you don't want to drop your hard drives multiple right. times without then running a disc check to make sure i sure hope it wasn't in the middle of the backup when i fritzed with it <laughs> Middle oh of your favorite God. game, you've got yourself oh. saying, "Welcome to the podcast." <laughs> it adds like some code, like some bad you know? uh, robot slicer. <laughs> <laughs> you get so spoiled by everything working so easily that then when something is persnickety, you're like, "Well, that's just bad design." They don't really, really. 2021, I'm still having to worry about what right. order I plug things into a, a multi-port yeah. device, and yet there, and I don't know. It might also be nowadays when you buy things. It isn't that you know you're buying them from the four reputable makers in the United States. Of course, things are from all over the world. Yeah. And you hope that they have the, the schematic, that they followed it exactly, and that the materials were of the right uh, thing, that it won't wear out in two years. You know, sometimes thermal things happen. And so I have a little bit in the back of my mind of when things go funny, I really wonder, I didn't know that I was buying from third party kind of fly by nighty it looked right, nice right. <laughs> it's got all the right labeling on it but it's done by somebody else not by uh, uh rome or something like right. that you know oh well oh well, well. <laughs> i mentioned to you about doing little videos to put them up on our youtube channel yeah so i have still a second generation iPod Nano from 15 years ago. And it still works and it still okay. holds a charge. Right. I use it all the time, but pieces of it are falling off and it's not <laughs> holding the charge quite as much. So I'm like, okay, let's upgrade because I could get a lot more capacity in that. Well, you know, the Apple products are way expensive. And they have a lot of MP3 players out there that are thirty dollars i'm like right. you know, they're a commodity now they're like something you you yeah. get, get when you get your happy meal at mcdonald's you yeah know exactly I mean? so. i'm like i mostly use it at night i don't you know need a, to spend three hundred dollars for this so okay. okay so i found one that i liked and got it sucks i'm keeping the ipod i'm gonna order another ipod because okay. here's the worst thing you can <laughs> it's nice because unlike the ipod you can just 
treat it like an external USB device and just drag folders to it. So I've got all my music, MP3s. I've got all the MP3 tags. It has the artist and the track number and the disc number. And, and it's all the that. metadata that is yeah. irreplaceable. Exactly. exactly. You know, so like, I <laughs> copy everything over there and this thing, you know, I pull it. I said, well, okay, show me my albums. I don't know what it's doing. It's not reading the MP3 tags, oh, but no. like I had two albums on there and they were in separate folders. Everything was tagged properly. And it listed like 27 different albums. It took every song and put it as a separate That's album, a separate album, even though the tags were oh, right. Man. It's in the same folder. I messed with it, messed with it. Couldn't get it. Then I went into artist, and it was even worse that it was listing some of the songs twice by the art. And I was just like junk, throw it away. I mean, you know, yeah. I've actually, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure you like, I, have many many things that we've digitized and i've made various different attempts at getting it all organized perfectly i want to have the album <laughs> cover art for everything and i want to have right. it that it's exactly the right and i used to really i was one of those people early on that used that was not for the cddb i, I so first what a, an amazingly cool smart idea to say the track length of all these things is so unique that we can use it as a fingerprint and that you know it's only going to be you can't tell the difference between mike oldfield's tubular bells and jethro tull's uh thick as a brick because they're longer than whatever we think our limit is and so it looks like the same track but having said that i thought that was so smart and only occasionally have i seen where it really is exactly the same fingerprint you know like like snowflakes right. if you will and of course it's always something like um linda ronstadt and megadeth you know what i mean it's like well that's quite <laughs> different well, I'm not actually sure. let me check i'll <laughs> yeah, listen to it I again i got a feeling you might have misinterpreted so <laughs> but having said that whenever i've made that attempt and i've actually like bought utilities you know it's worth throwing 20 or 50 dollars to get everything done right. they have never done what they should do they haven't they haven't eliminated duplicates they haven't right. found what was missing they have screwed my life boy have i learned of course you make a, <laughs> a backup of everything before you start any of this because when it's doing those kind of meta changes you can really host things up quickly yeah, you know i mean yeah. it chugs along happily and almost and i've got duplicates of everything or uh, so anyway that is still a, a badly it does there's not a good solution for that some of the things that i've used in the past when i wanted to, i thought about doing it again recently i went and looked and they've all gone defunct apparently you know not only yeah. apple but winamp and various other places that start to do that on the windows side it has been such an ongoingly difficult problem because there's not one standard there's multiple standards right. for how to do this and as they tried to be compatible with all those various different standards and depending on what version people have on their machines they're different it's just a really difficult problem. And what is the world doing? They're not like you and I, where I've got a hard drive full of every cut. They've got Apple Music and uh, stop, uh, uh, sorry, Spotify. Spotify and various different meta services now that I kind of get mocked when I talk about, I got, you know, 30,000 <laughs> right. tunes online. Why would you do that? You just, you just pay nine right. bucks a yeah, month yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. good to go. So my being a curator in the digital world, in some cases, has become just as hard as being a curator in the physical world. <laughs> and I never thought it would be like that. I always thought if you can get it to digital, there's always got to be a way that you can do smart fixes, <laughs> not having to labor over well, it. Well, there is. Uh, you just, how much time you want to put up front to make, you know, the cataloging easier or whatever. Yeah. It's so... I find these stories amusing because they really are, again, it's relentless geekery. When I first started to digitize all my music, 
was the first time that I had to make a break from um, alphabetizing and naming standards that had always mattered to me. Right. You know what I mean? If you're like, if you grew up with books, you know that you do authors by last name, comma, first name. Right. And so it's, you know, if it's um, um, Bon Jovi, it's like not Jovi, comma, Bon. The band <laughs> name is Bon Jovi. Right. And it's not, and it's Bon Jovi, comma, John, maybe. But how does Apple classify that? It says Bon Jovi. It's Jethro Tull um, and it's Elton John, but John really is John, comma, Elton. It really is his name. Not really his name. It's really Dwight, original Dwight. Right, but you right, know what I'm right, trying right. to say? Yeah, yeah. And like Frank Zappa, where, did, where was it in my shelves? In the Zs, Zappa, comma, Frank. When I went to look for Zappa, I looked for Zappa. If you get the physical order of your CDs to match what you're trying to do on your disc, you have to move it over to the Fs. And I just, I did all kinds of physical transport to make sure that, and I'm trying to think what, what am I on? anybody that's like Dwight Yoakam, well, if it goes from the Ys to the Ds or from the Zs to the Fs, it's a huge disruptive thing. Or worse, you know I, the Eagles and the police. I, I, exactly. As opposed and, to, you know, uh, the who, or, right. Or, you and, know, and, or, and, yeah. Which one's got the the like the the there's a band called the the that right. actually did have the the is <laughs> it the the, the, the or the comma the <laughs> see I, I, it, <laughs> there were so many weird little things of like how are they gonna um I just had to get used to let me think how to say this and, and um alphabetizing has also always been a matter of you know if there's a band that's like mac versus mc or mac or o do you right. do you alphabetize it with the apostrophe in o'leary and there are some bands that are oneida where there's no apostrophe and so i really had kind of in a weird kind of pride always made sure that i knew exactly what the real name was and that i alphabetized it correctly so it might be that some people looking in my collection they might not find something right away because they would they would not do what I had done, but I had been consistent and I was very proud of the fact that I really could find something without fail. That ain't the case anymore right. for music. <laughs> and in fact, to jump, you know, I, I think I'm, I've been to the Baltus vaults tons and I'm putting all my comic books in and there's a wonderful software called Collectors that I'm yes. making use of to say, well, they get it wrong. When you're going by the title <laughs> of a comic book, it isn't always what the splashy title on the comic book actually is, even though okay. it's labeled Mighty Thor, and it's not like Small Mighty and Big Thor. It's Mighty Thor, but it's still called Thor if you look in the indicia, right, right. and you know in, the, in that little box on the back on the bottom of the front page, and Doctor Strange was Doctor Strange versus Dr. Dot Strange versus Doctor Strange, comma Master of the Mystic Arts, and so I had always honored all those things by checking the indicia first. You know, collectors <laughs> doesn't do that at all. It doesn't right. care. It goes by what its best guess for the title is. And if they're going to try to keep all the Captain Marvels together, and in some case it was, you know, CPTN Marvel versus right. Captain Marvel. Oh my. I, you, so, <laughs> you know what that is? You know what that is, Alan? Yes. That, that particular trait for you is higher on the autistic scale than lower. <laughs> you know, that's I how I, I, I've come to analyze these types of things. You know what? And, and here's, um, I know that I'm on the spectrum for certain things, but what's funny is I've always had, I haven't been a slave to it. You know what right. I mean? If it really was that I had to check every single comic book to look at the indicia, to find out, to, to know that I was right, I would be insufferable. But what you discovered was if it really mattered when you were shopping for things in the old days of when you looked in the comic book buyer's guide and you had to find things by exact title. And that's when you found out that Dr. Strange 
verse, you know, volume one, volume two, right. volume three, it, you have to look, well, how do I know which is volume one, two, and three? When things have a 50-year publishing history, you have to learn it. And so I learned it out of self-defense of not wanting to order the wrong Doctor Strange to fill in my collection. Yes. Because, of course, what do they do? They keep restarting at number one. And now there's four series that go from like one to 18. 18 seems to be a weird cutoff point. They see right, it's going to yeah. go for a year and a half. And then they say, well, ditch this one. And so I got tired of that occasional glitch happening. And out of self-defense, I learned to do it. But there is also what you said, some internal satisfaction that comes from in all the world, <laughs> I'm the one that has my comic books in perfect sort and order. And in fact, when I've had to put things away quickly, it, and I put them each box alphabetized, but I no longer have the entire collection all alphabetized from A to Z. There's a little weird twitchy, <laughs> this yeah. is just wrong. Well, now I have to have chronology matters. But I put these away in 2010 and they're all in order, but I never got a chance to integrate it into the entire collection. And it used to be wonderful to see from A to Z on the shelves or in the boxes or whatever. And now I can't. But but from a different perspective, it's <laughs> not really your problem or fault. It's the comic book company because they just treat it willy nilly and do whatever. And they're like, yeah, that's all the same. Who cares? So that's it, right. it's really it's not you. It's them. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, it's kind of funny. There's there's reasoning behind that. If you if you go back and read comic book history, like why was Amazing Fantasy number 15 the first Spider-Man and then it became Amazing Spider-Man right. instead of just Spider-Man? It's because uh, and either it was a New York City or New York State or a national thing that the permit that you got to be able to publish and display in various different stores that if you kept some fragment of a previous title, it was considered an update instead of a new title and you didn't have to pay a fee. Right. So they had, you know, some things that were like, you know, weird tales became weird, became weird argosy, or I'm, and I'm, I'm sure that that was not right, but, but they showed where they had done like six changes in order to each time maintain one of the internal walls of the house while they built a new house around it. Right, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And, and so that's why you get that, that, uh, the Incredible Hulk was not just the Hulk. It had to have Incredible in it for a long time. And Mighty Thor was Thor with like number 125, 135. It was Journey into Mystery featuring right. Thor for the first four years of its run because they weren't going to pay the fee until they were sure that Thor was going to do well enough <laughs> to stand on its own. You know what I mean? And And I don't know, that's kind of fun, like... It's an Jeopardy artifact. trivia. Exactly. Jeopardy <laughs> trivia level type stuff of what was the original title. And and in some cases, it's like, you know, where did Doom Patrol first appear? Well, Doom Patrol number one. No, it was My Greatest Adventure number 83. And of course, I'm the geek that not only is it My Greatest Adventure, but I know the exact number. <laughs> right, you know, yeah, I think that's... it was 83. Maybe that was Journey into Mystery 83 was the first sort. So maybe I'm conflating. But then there's sometimes when it's exactly that weird coincidence right. of, they both started in 83. What's magic about right. 83? So <laughs> some, some mystery in the universe. Uh, you were talking about the sorting and organizing. My ex-wife, and maybe this is why she's now my ex-wife, <laughs> decided she was going to organize my books on my bookshelf. Uh, we, we were both big readers. So we both had our own bookshelves with all our books. And she was going to organize all of mine. She did it by height and color. Who the hell organizes books by height and color? Right. I'm like, are the you kidding me? Of it. That's uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. 
it, Colleen and I have a little of that between us. You know, we both have tons of books and we have never tried to integrate the collections necessarily because Colleen tends to do it on the basis of chronology. Like she read it and then she puts it at the end of the shelf oh. and she's got an amazing memory as good as mine, if not better. And so when she's trying to think of, I read Kurt Vonnegut, you know, uh, Cat's Cradle. Well, it's not under V and then C, it's under, oh, that was about 1972. And she goes to kind of the 72 portion of the bookshelf. And you think, really, wow. you remember that from 50 years ago? Well, you can get close quickly. And then you just glance at where you think it's going to be. And almost always she's able to go from course to wow. fine that's, and find things. That's very and, interesting. And so it's kind of, you know, and I guess there are people that are like that, that it really is kind of the levels of Troy, right? All the things you've accumulated in your life, you just kind of go deeper and deeper as to how far back it was that you first became aware of that. Yeah. And But to me, it would be, you really don't have all your Vonnegut's together. You right. really don't. Like who who does that? And at first right. that was my who does that? Well, a lot of people actually, because all I had was my obsessive, I like A to Z. I like, you know, that well, anyway. <laughs> it would be so much easier if the books were the same sizes. When you start running out of room and you have to get everything to fit and then stuff is different sizes, you see all these little holes and you're like, oh man, that's, you know, come on. Yes. yes. I had to contend with that early of like, there were some things that were big, small, big, small. And, and, and so this is straight out of, so there was a series called Monk with uh, Tony Shalhoub, right? Yep. You know, that he was kind of a, a, yeah. an on the spectrum investigator, right. if I remember correctly. Have you ever seen this? Oh, love it. They came show. out with the um, DVD or the CD, I'm sorry, VHS box set. And it was seven of the eight had Monk featuring Tony Helshub at the bottom. And the eighth one had Tony Shalhub in Monk that they changed the spine reading. Oh, so that man. for all the people that had his need for order, they tweaked them. Oh my God. And I just thought, oh, that you, you utter bastards, but it's hilarious. And, <laughs> and so some of my stuff has been like that when you, I have, not only do I read a lot, but I love reading series. I think we've talked about this before. You know, I have, I'm such a serial reader. I've read all 181 Doc Savages. I read every one of the James Bonds, whatever. And James Bonds, you put them in chronological order because if ever you want to read them, you want to start with right, Casino right. Royale, the first one. Right. You don't alphabetize them. Well, if someone helpfully alphabetizes them, you're like, that's that's not well, how you do books. But or it is worse, nonfiction. doesn't keep <laughs> you know them in series, organizes them by title of book. So your James Bond are all over it. Oh, that's man. right, too. You know, someone almost got shot when that happened. <laughs> hey, uh, jump in a little bit. So. Sure. Before we talk about Justice League, which is what we actually were going to talk about, right, right. Um, I was watching. Gina was watching something last night. Uh, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Ozzy Osbourne's kid, uh, Jack, has okay. like a paranormal show, and ah, it's okay. on demand wherever she was watching it. So every now and then there's a commercial, and I'm sitting there reading, and I, I went, wait a second, I know that music, and I look up, and here it's a commercial for mushrooms. I, I, I'm like, okay, this is very weird on the. You mean like psychedelic mushrooms? No, or like like, like, like cut up in your basement. Salad. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I'm like for <laughs> mushrooms. It was really weird, but guess what the music was? Uh, let's see, Jefferson Airplane with one pill makes you larger or something. No, no I, that'd be great. No. Okay. <laughs> it was the same music we use for our title screen going into this. It was the same exact oh, same that's tune, hilarious. and they even because it has that little <laughs> dunk, 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 boink, 
and and they stopped it at that point just like we do at the end of our episodes and i was oh laughing my God. I, you know that's pretty that's good. funny yeah it's kind of like oh well I, I guess we know that we picked a good one that it is supposed to be i can your candy you know <laughs> what i mean right, that's yeah. very funny <laughs> so i was i it made me laugh i'm like oh man where's my phone you know but my right, phone's right. so slow nowadays <laughs> okay so, so. Let, let's jump on that justice league now oh it was great did you see the original <laughs> theater version um yes i did okay okay and so. i was disappointed you know yes. the obvious comparison between marvel and its avengers and the fantastic build-up that they had to introduce you to each of the, the characters and then bring them together for the a menace so big that only the team can handle it marvel did that really well perfect and justice league totally stubbed their toes yes. they hadn't introduced these to the characters and then in the act of trying to introduce them in the movie so you'd have an idea who cyborg was an idea of aquaman and stuff like that it was i think right aquaman the movie came out after justice league yes. or right and so it was it felt rushed and it felt like they they had put in the work of getting so that everybody always already liked these characters and that you'd that, have kind of your favorites and how would they interact absolutely. And if there was a fight who would win between superman and wonder woman or whatever else it might be but that's so much what the second version of is now better is because they did fill in all kinds yes. of background now the, you, know? you said the same thing i did when the movie was coming out and i said this about suicide squad too especially yes. Suicide Squad. I'm like, what the hell are they doing? Nobody knows a single one of these characters. Right. Nobody's going to care. You, you got to have some sort of build up to it. Colin right. argued with me, but he's like, it's a great movie. It's good. I don't care how good it is. It didn't do that well. And people don't even remember it. You know, that's the point. And yeah. they did the same thing with Justice League. I know there were some other issues uh, that they dealt with, but before even any of that, I said the same thing. I'm like, you need a movie with cyborg or you need to put cyborg in a superman movie for five minutes you need to have batman meet uh the flash in a different movie you need to have this that's how the comics work exactly it, that build that interrelated universe so yes. that they already have some relationships and like why would he think to call him well because he worked with him on the case of the mysterious yes. alien artifact you know what i mean or something like that yeah so yeah so that was the first big problem and then and I thought the theater version wasn't bad. I didn't think it sucked. Um, there were a few good things I liked about it, but it was, it did seem very rushed and there was a lot that wasn't explained at, you know, at yes. all, uh, you know, so it, not only the heroes, but of course, like the key to a good movie is you have to have a formidable villain. Right. If you're really trying to say what menace would be so big that you have to gather the justice league to handle it. <laughs> it can't just be that Steppenwolf shows up in the movie. Yes. And he's actually kind of lame. In the second version, he looks so much more menacing. They yeah. got the razor blade costume and they give so much more background and interludes as to what's going on with Darkseid and Apocalypse the World and right. his pursuit of the anti-life equation. And, and it's kind of funny, a certain amount of Kirby stuff is simplistic and kind of corny. And yet, <laughs> you know what I mean? Nice. I really mean that compared yeah, yeah. to like Thanos, there's an obvious correspondence between the two and that the backstory and the, the sense of menace, of ominous menace, the uh, various different writers in DC have handled Darkseid very good or very bad. And it's kind of funny. I know it's Darkseid, but I think Darkseid is a Right, you said name. that before. <laughs> right. So I'll go with Darkseid though. I don't mean to confuse our, our, our wonderful listeners, but like them showing like I'm pretty sure that the first movie had none of the quotes first battle, right? That Darkseid shows up and that he was rejected by 
this Olympian and this Norse and this yeah. Atlantean. And like, that was the first time that if you the will, Guardian. the Justice League showed up. Exactly. They, by cutting that out, you had no idea of when, when, when the big, big bad guy makes a reference to, I must take my revenge. Well, what do you mean? You've never been here before. <laughs> right. what, what revenge are you talking about? And, and so. <laughs> and the, the thing with the origins. Now I know a lot of people are like, Oh my God, a four hour movie. Well, watching it they spent 20 minutes on origins of just about each character or a little scene to get you to know the character really they should have broken that out you should have had a full cyborg movie you should have had a full flash movie and got people to love the characters you don't love the characters on the first episode of a tv show you grow right. to love them you have by to get the an investment by exactly yes. yeah i thought one of the things that snyder did very well was he made it episodic you know yes, knowing that it it's going to be four hours is an iron butt of a movie you have to kind of say am i really going to put on the astronaut pants and sit here on the couch <laughs> then instead of when you get the little you know matinee card up that says hey it's now episode three or what part, i'm trying to part, part three, three part, part four, one yeah. through seven or whatever it's like well pause and then you can go yeah. do your bio break and perhaps refresh your drink and whatever else it might be. So he actually did break the story up well and break it the viewing experience up very well yeah. to allow for that. Well, you know, just like they, they used to, Ben-Hur has an intermission in the middle because yeah. they knew that people were going to sit through four hours of, anyway. <laughs> they thought they were going to make it into a like episodic limited series TV show. TV. So that, that was, was part of the reason they did that, yes, I think. Exactly. Um, and it would have been, I guess, good as eight half hours or four hours or they yeah. would have fleshed out even more. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I loved it. I, I was the whole way. I wasn't like, oh, my God, when's this going to end? I thought it flowed well. The story was good. It had lots of good action and, uh, you know, chatting and uh, That's right. humor. There was some humor in it. It was different. Did See, you notice all the stuff with the people at Chernobyl? They took all the villagers and stuff completely out because Joss Whedon added that back in or put that right. in put it in the first place yeah. and it's it's worth talking about that a little bit you know this is the Zack snyder cut joss whedon is the one that took it over when snyder and he i don't think he got removed for cause i think it was that he had to go His, away Zack snyder's daughter died That's and he said i i can't do this and walked away yeah so and ordinarily i love joss whedon i love there there's certain uh, jim jj abrams i really love almost everything that they've done but in this case in the direct comparison, the Joss Whedon version was nowhere near as yeah. good. And it might've been that he was given a really tough role, you know, that he had to take existing footage and do enough and put in his characteristic, more humor, more humanity, all that kind of stuff. But it just didn't, it didn't hang together right. anywhere near as Here, well as the- Here's image. the biggest thing I noticed and Colin said a few things I'm not sure about, but yeah. in the Joss Whedon version, theatrical version, there was almost nothing with cyborg a lot of, and he became a huge integral part of this new one. Exactly and that's how that, it originally to, was. Yes. And Colin said, and I know this is where he's surmising and people are speculating, but he said that Joss Whedon really didn't like Ray Fisher and purposefully cut stuff out just because he didn't screen like time. Yeah. Oh, which, it, which okay. helped ruin the movie really. Cause Cyborg was huge in the Zack Snyder cut. He played such an integral part, uh, and I thought it was great. Yeah, it it it. I agree, and it, and in fact, another thing that I liked is they. Of course, the movie is loaded with special effects, as you might imagine. Yeah. But one of the things they were really good at was 
capturing the right special effects for the different characters so that you really thought this is what it's like to be a super speedster this is what it's yeah. like to be able to do death rays or super strength <laughs> or undersea and the the balletic violence of fighting undersea you know in the deep it they really did a great job of that being a big part of the individualizations of the characters was by not having to be that there's just like a generic okay they're flying around and they're going to punch each other that it wasn't just generic it was really capturing that that wonder woman fights like a warrior and yeah. you know what i mean that that um aquaman fights kind of like a brawler in comparison right. to her even though he's uh very well coordinated so i guess they did a lot of um i thought and also i love it when you're if you're gonna have special effects i want it to be that that's all up on the screen i don't want it to be that there's so much money spent like a lot of times they've had well the actors cost a lot because they brought in big names there were big names in these movies but i thought that whatever they invested in this movie and to do this four-hour extended cut you could tell that it was worth it that yeah, they took yeah. their time to do that's what an energy effect would look like that's what teleportation might be it they were yeah. very consistent and convincing and especially the whole point of special effects in a lot of cases is not to be special. You have to make it so that's really how the world works. That's really this new superhero world. And I thought it really was, wow, that I was not distracted by, oh, that's green screen. Oh, that's obviously, you know, CGI. <laughs> yes, yes. It was really seamless and well done. The, really good. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I do. I know that they put it in four, three, format because they said yes. that was his thing and i thought that was a little weird instead of but, 69 right yeah. instead of the, the more white yeah but but i thought the subplot of superman and bringing him back and stuff was much better in the snyder cut their reasons for doing so and showing that they were trying without him but it just wasn't working and yeah. that when they had the the ability and figured out how to bring them back, they were all like, Oh, we have hope now. And you know, that, isn't that what the S stands for is hope. The for hope exactly. <laughs> and then to bring them back and he's kind of crazed and, you know, he goes off. They're like, well, we still got to do our job. But then when Superman shows up, it's a very momentous moment. So I exactly. thought that was done great uh, yeah. bringing him in. And that's something of that. What mattered, you know, as much as him being so powerful was love that you know he really was as you said kind of crazed and, and not not the hero until lois lane um brought him back to himself right if you will you know what i mean and and, and just in fact even superman floating around and being like impervious to harm and zapping things with his eyes it was more effective as a menace as a dispassionate this he really is an alien he's not like us that's the vibe that i got instead of him swinging and flying and being frenetic he was very studied and very yeah. calm in his destruction which is terrifying you know <laughs> compared to like the battle with general zod from the one movie which i thought was really well done you know what was it um not dawn of justice i think maybe man the of second, steel man of steel thank you like when gods go to war people get broken yeah. you know when they were destroying metropolis with throwing trains at each other and just the impact of all that battle it really showed wow this the world would be very different if you really had godlike beings that uh didn't care about us right. as much or that some of them didn't and, and they, they anyway <laughs> and they brought that out in uh dawn of justice batman versus superman you know yes. batman realized it and he kind of had a vendetta and you know so they brought and that out a little pull back bit. i'm willing to do anything no yeah. it's not anything it's right. yeah 
You're losing uh, I, your humanity. Yeah. One of the other things I really loved about the movie, and I think they did this a lot in the, the theatrical version, but I think it stood out to me more here is the music. I mean, that is one of the things that I say made Star Wars so successful was sure. the constant music through the whole thing. And it was so good. Right. And every character had their own little fanfare. Their, their motif. Exactly yes. that. And so that I totally agree. I mean, that's some of the brilliance of John Williams is yeah. he really was able to do all that and then and then set the stage. You don't even have to see John, Darth Vader on screen when you hear the ominous music that is yes. Darth Vader start up. You yep. know what I mean? So, and they had this cool. every time one of the characters they'd focus on them for the battle, you'd hear the little flourish of their their tune, and yes. it, it gave you that feeling over and over. It's like, oh, you know, ah, it's what you imagine when you're reading it in the comic book form. Yeah, that's a great a way job. to put it. Absolutely. I love that the Flash was a lot of comic relief, even though yeah. he's an impossibly powerful character. I mean, I remember, but he doesn't realize it. That's that's where he's that's at right now. They had a real good thing of there's generations in superheroes as well, and seeing like Cyborg being the sullen, sulky teenager, and 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 Flash being the like, I'm just kind of getting through life, you know. Even if I might have incredible <laughs> abilities, what I'm worried about is where's my next Taco Bell coming from? Right, right. You know, it, it they they had really good like a little embrace of stereotypes in order to make the point of, and not everybody that would get powers would or would immediately say well now i'm a hero and i know exactly what to do they'd have to fumble around they'd have to be like oh i can do that or oh my god i didn't mean to do that i made a mistake in my power and you know that kind of thing finding that they still have to stretch as a human being like wow i didn't really know that i could run fast enough to reverse time or whatever else right. it might be you know right so uh, like, the one thing i i and I, again, and I, we've talked about this before, and we just talked about it with they didn't have much buildup on the same thing. The movie didn't do too too well. So DC Warner Brothers has said, well, we're just going to scrap all of those characters and scrap that storyline because it didn't do well. We're going to go in a different direction. It's like, God, you do that every two movies and it ruins your, you know, Colin's like, but these next movies look really good. They're figuring it out. I have no faith in that, though. That's the problem. Right. When and the they, same high level executives and maybe it's Jeff Johns as a consulting producer or whoever else it might be, uh, that, you know, they they've made mistakes. And I want them to have kind of like Kevin uh, Feige from Marvel really seems to have absolutely directed all those Marvel tie-ins and the overall palette of Marvel movies, what gets released and how you build up to yes. the next big menace and stuff like that. Whereas DC has appeared very scattershot and yeah. very much threw the baby out with the bathwater, like you're saying, that they're not making a commitment to this. They have 70 years, 80 years worth of mythology that if they want to tap into it, they have so many great stories to tell. And then you can't just say, well, that didn't work. Let's just scuttle it. Yeah. There, oh, there was man. there were so many things at the end of the Zack Snyder cut that were pointing to another movie, another series, another character. And absolutely. So I know if you saw my online comment on that, I thought that was just as ballsy as a Cape Buffalo yeah. that he put all this epilogue in there with all the teasers for man if you want to see some more cool stuff all you need to do is finance me we're going to have the martian manhunter show yeah. up we're going to have uh, you know dark side again right. really even more menacing and and just all those great teasers like you were saying who doesn't like if there's ever a thing that said 
shut up and take my money. Every fanboy yeah. in the world, it should be based on that epilogue. He did yeah. it perfectly. If those don't get made, he will at least have done his level best of, trust me, I know well, what I'm doing. Look at all the cool stories next to tell. We're going to introduce, who, who are we missing from the Justice League? Where's Green Lantern? Where's, you know what I mean? There's there's, there's a Green kinds, Lantern series coming. Right. And that's, maybe they're, they, they will do that for once that they'll establish the Green Lantern and the Green Lantern Corps and then bring it in because, again, well, it's an intergalactic menace. Is it, is it integrated uh, into the universe that's or is the it standalone? Thing. I, don't, I don't think oh. the stuff they have planned is, are integrated stuff. I think the stuff they have planned are their own separate things. And, right. and I think that's confusing to people and they're going to expect it, especially after Marvel and it's going to make it worse, you know, and, yeah. and people were confused by the flash because wait a minute, we've got the flash on TV, but this is a different guy. A and, different guy. A whole, and exactly. And I don't know, there's all kinds of Marvel and DC equivalents. So we, they have to bring the Adam in eventually, but yeah. we've already got all kinds of great Ant-Man over in Marvel. So what are they going to do to distinguish between and maybe even outdo and set that well, little war of, you know, better special effects and they stuff? They set the Adam up in this movie, you know, <laughs> they gave them the nanotechnology title or whatever. Exactly. You know, and, and, and it is, it's the second generation, right? It's not Ray Palmer. It's, it's a, uh, 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 Chen or Choi or uh, Choi, I mean, I just yeah. that you know they. So again, they hinted at all kinds of cool stuff that could still be to come. Yeah, and and I I really hope, like I don't know, I'm a sucker for comic book movies. I will see no matter what they put out. But in the aftermath, I'm happy to say, man, they sure Marvel sure did right with the Avengers. Yeah. But as you know, for a while they were in the wilderness too. Yeah. You know, early Fantastic Four, not great. Early Ghost Rider awful venom awful they're just they i don't know what it is they they don't necessarily have a formula i don't want it to be formulaic but depending on who they give it to as a director as an actor as the writers that are trying to again one of the difficulties of having 80 years worth of mythology is and we've talked about this for the spider-man movies you don't need to throw six villains in there you know if you have a really right. effective villain it really can be him versus dr octopus not seven other guys that are suddenly every every right. movie is the sinister six right oh. well um <laughs> and you got to look at it too from the comic book reader perspective most of the characters they've dealt with have not all been A-listers as far as comic book goes. They've been the B and C's, the ones that have a few things here and there. And that's what they're focusing on for the next part. You know, I mean, Iron Man was like a B-list comic. It wasn't super popular. And now he's huge. You know, now they got all these new guys coming in, but they're they're treating them just as powerful and big as Captain America and Spider-Man and everybody. And they're making exactly. them that way, yeah. you know? So they they... I mean, is everything perfect? No. Are we go like everything? I mean, come on, you can't like as many movies and TV shows that they have going. No, it's not not every single one is for everybody. You know, some people didn't like Wandavision, right? But they're they're trying different things. They're keeping people's interest. They're bringing out characters. They're not just like you said, being a formula. Oh, bad guy of the week. <laughs> yeah, I do appreciate very much that they're still experimenting. You know what I mean? The fact yeah. that we live in this era of there's a million niches, and you don't know which particular combination of it's a young man bound for adventure. No, it's a young lady that's uh, you know she she's 
uh, not a fighter, but she's involved in conflict situations. How does she handle it? It's an old guy that thought he was retired, but he has to come back for one more job because the villain has come back. You know what I mean? There, right. There's all kinds of comic book stories and classic literature stories, because that's so much what comic books has embraced over the course of time, that they still are developing. And the wish fulfillment that comic books are some people really are, I wish I was telepathic. I wish I could fly. I wish I was invulnerable. I wish I had claws coming out of my hands. There's all kinds of, and, and berserker fury. There's, they have all these niches to hit because all those different heroic tropes or villainous tropes are still to be explored. You know, I, I love that there's, I, I love it. I love that there's things that are um, galactically big and there's things that are, no, he fights crime in Hell's Kitchen against thugs and that's enough to be a hero. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's cool. It's, it's the different levels of scale well, and of so place and of... <laughs> the, now, the Netflix Marvel shows that they had were yeah. supposed to be in the same universe as the MCU movies. Right. Um, though they haven't done a lot with them. I have heard they're going to slowly bring some of those characters in, if nothing else, for a small cameo part, tie all that in. Because really, though, that set of movies or that set of TV shows was kind of a standalone thing. There's not a lot. There's a few references, but most of it's standalone and yeah. you know, easily separated. Right. Uh, but and it had its own, like, introduce the characters first and then build towards the defenders, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, and by the way, what a terrible thing. The Defenders as a comic book was a whole different set of characters and a very right. good name in and of itself. And so the fact that now they've used that name up and it can never be right. Silver Surfer plus Namor plus Doctor Strange. Well, what a weird lost opportunity. But, but. Yes, but I mean, they've got the Eternals coming. They've got the Inhumans still coming again. Right. I, I, I mean, I guess I can see them. Here's our TV thing. Here's our smaller thing there because we don't want to compete against the Avengers. Uh, you know i could see that i guess yeah. so we'll see and what happens does fit with like that their their overall ethos was keep the public safe in these crime-ridden areas and stuff right. like that it wasn't at all meant to be a, a galactic oh let's bring the hulk in when we need muscle that kind of stuff you right know, you don't need to hulk to level the city in order to yeah, solve and, crime and you their, know? <laughs> their, their powers were not you know as big i guess yes. you could say they, yes. they fit very well with the 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 back streets you know the the of what they did you know exactly the scape the scope and the scale of what yeah. menaces they were confronting and stuff like that that's right and, yeah. and like i always tell colin this isn't a direct correlation to the comic books they change yes. things so go with it you still got the comic books <laughs> yeah and, and, and that's as you know one of my common comments if not complaints is because i've read them all i really do miss when something that was really well done in comic books is now missing from the series but i admire that someone is very well aware of what had gone and they just made different choices as to we're going to accentuate you know the the trauma version instead of the heroic version or whatever right. else it might be and that's kind of cool i, I love yeah. that i love that i get surprised instead of yeah. being okay i get to see played out what i've already read it's very cool well by the second episode there was already a difference that's cool you right. know so <laughs> so did you hear what they're doing with black widow <laughs> i i just just read that they're they were they've been pushing it back and back and back to release it in theaters. And because we're still in a terrible COVID-45 world, pandemic is still on, no matter how many people are just declaring it to be oh, over. Yeah, when you know, the virus, it ain't tired. The virus is still here. So what I understand, they're going to like release it in some theaters, but also simultaneously once again on, is it HBO Max? Yes. Is, no, that's no, DC Disney. Disney. Got it. But, I'm still figuring that out. Who yeah. owns which universe? So. <laughs> but <laughs> it's the special access on Disney Plus. 
Oh, so a little extra money is what you're saying. Yeah, for $30, you can oh. rent Black Widow for a month. I'm like, wait a second. I won't do it. I'll wait them out. Yes, because the end of the year, they're going to put it on regular <laughs> Disney Plus and put it That's in the right. stores on Blu-ray for $20. Yeah. I'm like, screw that. I mean, why encourage it? Honestly, I, I boy, I, I've said this so many times in my life. One of the joys of being an omnivore is that there's nothing because it's just in theaters or just got published or whatever that I'm willing to pay the premium for to be the first guy to read it. So many people, it really matters. I want to see it before there's spoilers. I want to just get the thrill of I'm the first one to see it. And I've done it where it was um, a matter maybe of like, hey, I'll go to a midnight movie on a Thursday night. It's still the same price. It's not 30 bucks, but I'll stay up late. That's the investment that I'm willing to make. Whereas whenever they do that, they juice it you know that they're saying we know you want this and look how much you're willing to pay for that privilege i'm like i will be happy to stand back and let all those first adopters get in there early and then when it (laughs) when it comes down in price i've watched a hundred things since because that's how wide my taste is you know good i'll wait you out (laughs) yeah yeah. you know i have so many movies i've gone to the exchange and I'll go through their rack. The exchange is great. It's used movies, but they have so right. many that they have shelves that are two fifty to $5. I could buy 10 movies for 50 bucks or less. Well, that's a great way to put it. Exactly. Instead of 30, I could have 15 $2 movies. Yeah. You know? And ones I've wanted to see. And it, it, that's yes. the thing. It's not, this is some crappy direct to DVD movie that you've never heard of. I right. mean, this is, you know, men in black. It's right. Uh, you know, stuff that came out a year or two ago or five years or whatever. Yeah. So it, it's funny. I just, I just made reference to this. I watched the last blockbuster, you know, it's a little documentary on Netflix. That's about there's one blockbuster video left open in all the world in Bend, Oregon. Yes. And they go through the history of blockbuster video, but it, you know, of course it harkened back to, I used to love going there on yeah. like a Thursday night or a Friday night. And and, and very, very similar i didn't go to the new release wall and and like oh no they only had 50 copies and they're already all out and so i'm not going to get a chance to see men in black now what am i going to do i always walked in there going i'm going to get a couple movies if i get any first run movie not necessarily the new newly release but anything then i get to have the classics for like I remember they were like a buck each or yeah. they were like three for five bucks or whatever yeah. something very reasonable and so because my tastes were wide spanning. It's like, okay, I'll get this. Now it's three weeks old. It's only three weeks old, but now it's reasonable in price. And there's many copies of it because everybody that had to see it right away. And then I go and say, I've always wanted to see every James Bond in order. I'll do that as I come back each week. I'm going to rewatch a Monty Python movie. I'm going to go, you know what I mean? Like I, my tastes were big enough that I just kind of go from section to section and say, um, I got my superhero thing and I'm going to get a mystery and I'm going to get a comedy. Right. And I was always satisfied, you know, what I mean? what, what, and for little money. <laughs> what I so. was doing before everything went to hell, um, I would go to the Redbox website, see what all okay. the new releases are. And then I would go over to DVD Netflix and I'd put them all in my queue. <laughs> okay. <So>. See that? <laughs> There we go. This is a quick comment, by the way. You know, I've been on Netflix for a long time, and it used to be I have a big streaming queue as well as a big DVD queue. I get both services. Um, I regularly, in streaming, they used to have when things were going to expire. Right. So that's something I'd added to my queue, honestly, maybe three, five, ten years ago. And I intended to see it, but you know how life is. You just don't. When it got bumped to, hey, this is going away as of April 1st, 
all the month of March was, we'll see this before it goes away because there right. really are things that have gone away never to return. Yeah. And I didn't want it to be that I never saw it. I just had kind of let it languish. They've removed that feature, or at least for all the month of March, there's not been anything that's going away as of April 1st. And I kind of find it hard to believe. Right. And I know that there's other sites that they say, what's going away from Netflix, da, 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 da. And so why? Why take that? ability away from customers who because i uh, I can probably surmise this yeah because netflix is no longer the big streaming service that has everything available think about it nobody is putting stuff on there just everything on there 20 years ago or 15 when netflix first started the streaming it was the game yes i uh six months to a year after a movie was in the theater it'd be on netflix you could watch any movie out there but now Warner Brothers took everything off of there to put on HBO. Disney took everything off of there to put on their own site. Right. So, the BBC went away, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So yeah. Netflix is almost exclusively, not completely, but very close, their own stuff. It's their own movies. It's their own TV shows. And if you do any search, surprisingly, like the first seven things that show up are Netflix only stuff. Even if you were searching for something that's not a Netflix commodity, they always put their yeah. stuff at the top. They They're do. pushing they it. it up. Yeah. yeah. So they don't, so their stuff never leaves. So they right. don't want they you to know the what's brand. They want you to come there for their particular right. content. And there, there is a lot of good content from them. Yeah. But I was, as, as you know, I, I have always been about the long tail. The fact that, you know, movies didn't get started made like in the last 20 years they didn't start when i was born there's all kinds of things you know when you look at the afi top 100 movies of all time which i did indeed watch you know every one of those i wanted to i wanted to get the which filmic. list though they don't they have two lists now like classic they, and modern well, actually and actually we when we started we had a group called aficionados you know the afi right. and and um we watched the first hundred and while we were watching that first hundred, they came out with version two of the list. So then after we finished that first hundred, and we actually went from 100 to one so that we worked our way from yeah, only the top hundred to number one. And then we, there was 23 movies, if I remember correctly, that had either um, been added, taken out, shifted position. And then we, we got all the ones that hadn't been in the first version, in the second version. So Saving Private Ryan, whatever more modern things. And actually it wasn't only modern. It was like they reevaluated, hey, this early Charlie Chaplin movie really is great. We just missed it the first time around. So we've actually done that aficionados things twice. <laughs> and now obviously all this went on hold because of COVID. But then we started to say, well, that's not, there's not only one AFI list. There's top 100 comedies, top 100 thrillers, right. top 100 dramas. And we started to then out of the top 10 of each of those things we just did kind of a randomization and we were watching anything that we hadn't seen in the first 100 movies 123 movies we then started to watch it just as an excuse to get together and enjoy good cinema and make theme food you know if you're going to watch right. the, the the grand uh, the godfather somebody has to bring the cannoli you know what i mean right <laughs> that kind of thing so um did we, you s- oh i'm sorry go ahead no it one of the joys of Netflix from the start has been Colleen and I early on said, you know what I really want to see is every single Hitchcock. He made yeah. tons of great movies and they're not like it used to be that on at Blockbuster, they had 
some good sections where they really had all of a certain artist, but others that they just didn't have all the history. Well, Netflix finally gave you that ability. There's a place called Facets Multimedia in Chicago that was encyclopedic like that. You could really see every single Lon Chaney monster movie and things like that. So we've been working our way through the Hitchcocks and the Woody Allens and the Coen brothers and the, uh, you know what I mean? Like certain directors that we really like, the David Mamets and and one of the unjoys is some of those things are not available on DVD or they were and then went away before we got a chance to watch them. So I got a whole bunch of stuff in kind of like my suspense queue that when they finally re-release a whole bunch of Woody Allen, Sweet and Low Down, uh, a whole bunch of stuff, that's when we'll finally get a chance to see them. But now we just like, because we were running out, we really had conquered a number of directors. Now we just added Christopher Guest. Yeah. I really have always liked Spinal Tap and Best in Show and we've seen them, but some movies are so good that I kind of don't mind seeing them again. You know what I mean? It isn't only always about novelty and new. It's like, boy, I laugh my butt off. I bet you I'll <laughs> laugh half of my butt off if we see this again. Right, you know right, what I right. mean? So. And, and, and that's why with the kids, it's just like, dude, I, I don't have to rush out and see it. I, I've got a stack of movies I could watch that I haven't seen for 30, 40 years. Yeah. So. And it's a difficult thing to say to the youth, but you know, new is not always better. Right. You know, if you can sit, if you can get someone to overcome some barriers and get them to sit down and watch a black and white Spencer uh, which, Tracy and Catherine Hepburn movie I, with incredible witty dialogue and real romance and stuff like that. It's an eye opener because you know just that there was really great yeah, stuff. I don't being understand made the, the people 40s, that say, know? "Oh, I won't watch that because it's black and white and doesn't have any computer yes. graphic special effects." Yes. So it's a great movie and a great story. Uh, speaking of yes. something else, coming to Disney Plus. Uh, I don't know if you know about this, the Gendy Tartakovsky Clone Wars cartoons. Do you no. know about those? No, okay. I do not. I know of them, but I didn't know that they were coming. That's yes. cool. Okay. Yeah. Now it's not. Now when they were originally released on Cartoon Network, they were yeah. three minutes each, and they were done like in between other. Exactly. Shows. They, they were like the original um, Simpsons were little throwaways yes. on the Tracy Ullman show. Yes. And so that was, that's what I always thought of them as like that, that they right. were kind of like interstitial palate cleansers that's or exactly something. exactly what it was. What I mean? so, so it's compiled okay. into, that actually it became so popular. They released it on DVD. It's two different discs because they only okay. were going to do one season and then it was so popular they did a second. Now okay. it's not Star Wars canon, but you'll be able to see it along with the 80s Ewoks cartoon. <laughs> oh so. my god okay so you know and it's kind of funny some things they i'm not sure about this they do they are not they don't date well by that right. meaning you can see that i don't know I, I i will reserve judgment until i say is it nostalgic or is it corny you know oh I mean? well like, the, the Car tartakovsky clone wars are good even if they're okay. not canon they're they're okay. i've watched them recently in fact the yeah. ewoks cartoons are corny they were corny back then but i was a lot younger <laughs> yeah and it might be like are they saturday morning cartoon show things or are yeah. they evening cartoons oh no they were cartoons? saturday morning they were so that's targeted. what i'm saying like yeah. at rubik the amazing cube there's nothing to rewatch. them you know what i mean it's uh having said that i because as i uh i've recently because of having things from my phone or from my internet provider there they have things that they've added to sweeten the deal so i now do have 
HBO Max and Disney wow. Plus. Yeah. One of them has The Simpsons and one of them has South Park. And as you know, there's like 30 seasons of each of those. <laughs> yes. And there's any number of things that I've said to myself, you know, I'm not going to watch 20 years of Cheers. It was relatively funny, but it just isn't worth that investment of right. time. But it is my honest intent to watch every single one of Simpsons and South Park from one on because they cracked me up. They were topical at the time, and they really had a devilish sense of humor, the yeah. both of them. And they're just high quality. You know, yeah. they, they've never jumped the shark. I, I know that some people want to say that. They want to finally say, oh, done with the Simpsons. Every time that I watch a new one of those, they're still, still amazingly funny. They're yeah. really, really good. The so Simpsons, it, <laughs> the first episode, now I know they were on the Tracy Allman show, but the first episode of their own show was on my birthday in 1989, my first year of college. Oh, that's so, a great anecdote. That's yeah, cool. Very good to All remember right. that. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, man, it's starting to get late. We're rambling. Exactly. <laughs> As we often do. Okay. Yeah. So we do have... What do we have? A live Friday podcast night. coming up Friday night. Exactly. You know, we're both being in the Smarties Club, Dayton uh, area Mensa is going to have a virtual RG about Lost Cities. And so we're going to do a special live podcast with them that will discuss a little bit of Lost Cities tangential into cool geeky tourism and cool geeky exploration yep. and stuff at least i think that's what we said we were going yep, to do yep, right yep. And I, and yeah and so. i've got and uh, gina's been watching some of those shows on smithsonian and yes. uh, discovery and some of the new ex explorations and things they've discovered that i've been fascinated with so Wonderful. we got some good good realms to explore Exactly. So I, I, I'm looking forward to, to being there with you and, and uh, we'll, we'll catch, we'll see you on Friday night and we'll see we'll you do. next Tuesday. So, all right. All right. Take care, Stephen. Later, man. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to the Relentless Geekery podcast. Come back next week and join Alan and Stephen's conversation on geek topics of the week.